0: Time to Travel with Karin Key.
1: And a very good evening to you, and welcome to this week's edition of Time to Travel. On the show this evening, I'll be chatting with photographer Vladia Bajarovsk, and um, she's going to talk to us a little bit about the time she spent with the Maasai tribal group in Kenya. Anne Marie Fern, CEO of Stellenbosch 360, will be on the line, and she has some fabulous ideas for what to do with the family during these school holidays. And Paul Gardner, he's CEO of the Bear Grill Survival Academy, will be joining us and he'll be telling us about the launch of the academy here in South Africa. And then food and travel blogger Anel Portgheter will be back with us this evening, and this time she'll be taking us along on her adventures in Zanzibar. And then just like my law report and Health Matters programs, there's now a short list of available documents for time to travel. You can find them on Facebook, just go to travel on SAFM. If you like any of those, post a message there, but please do remember to include your email address so I can send them to you. Well, that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with me and enjoy the show here on SAFM.
0: On behalf of the department, I wish all road users and visitors in our province a safe and refreshing Easter break. Many of us will be travelling to various destinations to meet our beloved ones, engaging in family reunions and religious festivities and celebrating the Easter weekend. As the MEC responsible for transport, among other responsibilities, I strongly appeal to all citizens of Limpopo and travelers visiting our province to be cautious and responsible during this joyous festivity in order to avoid unnecessary loss of life on our roads. Law enforcement officers will be out in full force in all our roads to ensure adherence and compliance to the rules of the road and the law in general. I wish all visitors and Limpopo citizen a peaceful and blessed Easter holiday. Stay alert, don't drink and drive, rest at least for 30 minutes on every 200 kilometers traveled. We urge our pedestrians to be visible and careful at all times. Speed and carelessness kills.
1: Time to travel with Car and Key. Well, Cape town best photographer Vladia Bajarovska spent some time with the Maasai Tribal Group in Kenya, where she documented the lives of the people in Loiter Hills. She's turned the photographs into postcards, and a portion of the proceeds will now go towards buying books for their school library. It sounds like an amazing project, and I'll give you her website at the end of the interview, and trust me, go and have a look. Those photographs are spectacular. Vladia, good evening. Welcome to the show.
2: Good evening. Thank you for having me here.
1: So, you spent some time in Kenya. Tell me a little bit about your time there
2: well I traveled all the way from Cape Town through southern Africa and east Africa so I went through a few countries before I got to Kenya and um, and uh, so the last destination was um, Kenya and basically I traveled from Nairobi from Nairobi to Loita Hills it's about six hours drive from Nairobi completely bush drive in order to get there you're in the middle of Norway, and the place it's called loiter hills and it's a very special place where the liban basically presides of the whole of mass island
1: explain what that is
2: mass island is no, the, basically the, the liban
1: you said oh written. liban mm. is a shaman, the shaman right. it's a
2: shaman yeah off um they no longer live the traditional way as they used to um there is still shaman but they are changing their ways because of the Western influence. But he is still presiding in Loita Hills as it was in the past like that as well.
1: It's an amazing culture, though, because on your website with the photographs, you write beautifully about the culture and about the customs of the people.
2: It's absolutely fascinating, but it's so into depth. It's, it's more complicating and sophisticated than actually our governments. It's to the details. They've got it nailed to the details.
1: So tell us a little bit about the people and the culture that you experienced while you were there.
2: The people are very proud people. I've never met such a proud people. Um, very Women are absolutely phenomenal. They are hardworking. Women are doing everything. They carry the water. They carry the wood. They they build the houses. They build the kraal, which means the, the little villages. They look after the children. They milk the cows. They do all the work.
1: What are the men doing all, the, all day?
2: The men kind of like uh, are supposed to be looking after the cattle.
1: Oh, yes. okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> and one of the things, I see you wearing a beaded bracelet. Does that yes. come from there? Yes. They do it's one of the exquisite mm. uh, beadwork.
2: It's from one of the uh, ladies that um, I spend a lot of time. Nunkokwa is her name. And she was a very special lady to me. Um, she wasn't actually originally from Loiter Hills. She's a Purko Maasai, um, but it's part of the Maasai land. And she's a part of the beadwork project that they've got in loiter hills
1: what actually drew you to loiter hills had you heard about it had you researched it why did you go there particularly? not at all
2: not at all no it all kind of like happened i was in south africa and i met henny and becca who are running the projects the Masai academy and the red Type. And uh, they saw my work and they said, well, I think you need to come and document this Masai that we are working with. And because I travel a lot in Southern Africa and East Africa, it was just easy to get there. Because they obviously NGO, they didn't really have the financing of getting me there from Cape Town. I mean, we are in Africa, let's face the reality. So I just took the trip up and I met up with them in Nairobi and then they took me to Loiter Hills. And that's how I ended up there, very naturally nothing was planned I didn't know I had no expectations I had no idea what it is going to be like
1: how long were you up there I mean you spent quite a bit of time up there photographing the people I was
2: there a few times on three occasions the first time I was there for a month second time it was only for about three weeks and the third time I was there for about three months more than three months yeah
1: and you you mentioned now that you went up with the NGO and they run this academy up there Yes. and you've become quite involved with this now it's a wonderful academy and the story is amazing
2: i have indeed i just want to point out that it was the maasai people actually who initially opened the school it was in henny and becca uh, by the time henny and becca got there the school was already functioning and they only had 20 children at a time, and Henny kind of came and he asked Amos, who was one of the initiative to to build the school, as like, what do you need? And Amos said, well, a choke would be good. So they basically had nothing, and that's when Henny and Becca got involved, and they started um, trying to get financing from overseas for these children. And so they grew from 20 children to 150 that it's nowadays, um, and everything is very much earth based. They they build the buildings out of the soil bags and they don't have the library so this is where I'm coming into picture because I obviously love the books and I just thought giving back something to the community where I was so fortunate to be there and being able to take the photographs because it's very difficult to photograph the Maasai you really have to earn their trust really in yes yeah they Maasai Maasai people are one of the most exploited tribe in out of all the African tribes, um, and I think that's why there is a bit of a negativity, where especially around Serengeti, Tanzania area, where you you get Maasai people coming to you, beg you for money, it's, especially when you take the photographs. Uh, so I was very fortunate, and. um The reason was that I managed to earn the trust of the people. And obviously the fact that Henny and Becca was there before me, um, they knew that they wouldn't bring somebody who is going to exploit them. So this is the way of me giving back to the community.
1: So tell us about the project now. You've taken these exquisite pictures and now...
2: So the idea is that you purchase the set of postcards um, on my website and in one package there is six uh, postcards and you get a child to write a message on one of the postcards and if you come from South Africa you send along with one of my postcards you send the postcard from South Africa and you send it to my Island and uh, children on that side will then collect the messages and see these amazing messages from all over the world Um, and places like South Africa they've never seen South Africa Um, and I'm trying to cross the borders through the messages through children Um, and then when we build a library because this is for building the library when we build a library all the messages are going to go up on the wall and then I'm going to go and document the the messages from the children.
1: Now, how it works is that a portion of the proceeds of the sale of these postcards yes. go towards funding books for the library.
2: Yes. Well, we need to build a library. Well, for the first. library first, yes, yes, and then the
1: books, yes. 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 Gosh, and then that's wonderful. So, if we buy a pack of these postcards, we get a child to write yes on the back of one of these photographs, yes. and plus add in a, a, a postcard from wherever you are. Yes. That's fantastic. Where did this idea come from? I mean, it's a wonderful story.
2: It's it's um, actually happened very organically um, and it only came out two months ago actually. I was planning completely something else and because I am a professional photographer I never wanted to deal with the postcards but I was just trying to figure it out how to cross the messages across the border and I was going to initially sell the photographs online but it, it just something wasn't sitting well and then I came out with this idea and as I Started, started thinking more about it. It just kind of makes sense um, Because of the messages, Maasai tribe, uh, Maasai people are very well known about Crossing the messages from one village to another village. This is how they function in their daily lives some of them go- got cell phones nowadays They've got no reception, oh. and they will walk <laughs> for miles and miles and miles to go and sit under this tree so they can make a call to their mothers or fathers or whoever. That's amazing. But it kind of goes with their culture mm. because in all in days, and even nowadays still, they walk for miles and miles and miles to just get the messages across the villages. So it, everything just kind of, it's, it's working organically and in, and in cycle. So it's one, one thing hand in hand.
1: So, the photographs that people will see on your website, those are the pictures that you c- will be part of the pack of postcards if you buy the pack. Yes, yes. Okay.
2: there is six there is six photographs that is in the in the pack yeah
1: and then they can order them off off your off website, the website as well. Yes, okay, yeah. and that's anyway. I mean, it would be nice if people here bought a pack and maybe sent it to family overseas and asked them to then send a, a postcard from somewhere else. So you sort of pay it forward almost. Yes, I mean, yeah, that is nice.
2: that is exactly the idea, yeah, just to try to get there, And I think it's going to be very exciting for South African children to hear mm. and see how do the Maasai children live, because they live very different to South African children. So it's not just one way, it's, it's both ways. Everybody needs to benefit. So when I come back from my travels, which probably will be sometimes in June, I am attending to go and speak to as many children as possible when I'm back in Cape Town.
1: Be wonderful! You can do a sort of documentary almost with all your pictures and yes. and everything else, and it's, it's yes. really nice to expose children to another culture. That they, yes. would, it's not something. I mean, children learn about all sorts of things, but that's one of the things they don't learn enough about yes, are exactly. other cultures across yeah. this continent. Yeah, and you've made a start now.
2: Yes, that's fantastic. So I'm, very, I'm very excited. I'm very. I'm waiting for those messages.
1: One thing I want to ask you, it's got nothing to do with this particular trip, but I know I looked on your website and I was fascinated by your features that you've got on there of the Bushman. And you said that's where your heart is.
2: Yes, that is definitely one of my passions. Definitely. So
1: and there's wonderful stuff. People can go and have a look at that on your website as well. But is that something you're going to be following up and doing more about that as well?
2: Yes, so at the moment I'm busy with this campaign and then um, again it flows from from this campaign that I'm going to do the exhibition in Prague in August and that is about the red tribe woman um, that they do the beadwork that we mentioned earlier on. And I think after that towards the end of the year, beginning of the next year, um, I'm going to go and see the Bushmans of Southern Africa.
1: You have a wonderful life out there in the quiet and the peace of the bush.
2: It sounds all very romantic. Yeah, but it's tough. And it it is very tough, (laughs) but it's fantastic. It's amazing. Yes.
1: No, we were just discussing when you got in here, the traffic and the, the hustle and bustle of the city life. It yes. must be quite a shock I am not, almost for you.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to miss that one. That is for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Yes.
1: So this is great. I mean, so if people want to have a look at your website, I'll get, the website is vladia.org. It's V-L-A-D-I-A, vladia.org. You can click on the projects tab and then on stories, unite us. That is the one that takes you to all the Maasai Information that is and correct. it's yes. not just pictures, you've written about it as well, so people can read yes. the story there as well. So it's not things. just the pictures.
2: Yes, I'm a storyteller.
1: <laughs> yes, and a very good one, I must tell you. It's very engaging, it's very, it, it almost brings you into you, you feel like, you, especially with the pictures, they're very evocative, those pictures. They're, they're quite. You you're almost startled when you when you, I I found when I was going through them. You sort of almost looked at them and thought, "Gosh, you know, they were absolutely very emotive." The oh, pictures. thank you. Oh, that's mm.
2: brilliant. That's exactly what I what my aim is. Yes, yeah. It, it just, just feels th- it's very
1: like, yeah. It's, there's more depth to them than just a picture. So you definitely need to go and have a look. Because
2: of the person I am, probably yeah. it's, you yeah. can you can
1: actually see your passion yeah. in the pictures, which is yeah. is quite phenomenal because you don't often see that. And you can actually see that with you need yours. That. Yes. You do. And this, as mm. I said, the story is there. You can read about it, look at the pictures. Definitely go and buy a pack of postcards and get your children or send them to family who have children anywhere in the world. Get them to get their kids to write on the back of one and inclo- include a postcard from wherever they are. And send it off. And the address and what to do, and all, that's Everything all in the pack.
2: Everything is on the website. And it's all yes. there.
1: So you yeah. don't have an excuse. Everything is there, there sorted no out excuse. for you. There's fantastic. <laughs> Vladiah, I think it's a wonderful project. And well done to you on coming up with something like this because we need new ideas. And this is a wonderful new idea. So thank, thank you, you very much. much.
2: Thank, thank you for joining me. Thank you.
1: I was chatting there with Cape Town-based photographer Vladia Bajarovska and she recently spent some time with the Maasai Tribal Group in Kenya. For more information you can take a look at that website. The address again is vladia.org, V-L-A-D-I-A. And if you'd like to read about it, as I said, go to the Projects tab and then click on Stories Unite Us and you'll find all the information there about the postcard project and how you can get involved too. I think it's a wonderful thing to get your children to do. Time to travel with Car and Key. Well, schools break up tomorrow and you'll be looking for ways to entertain the family. Well, there's no better place to spend quality time with them than in the city of Oaks, which you may know as Stellenbosch, where family-friendly and kids' activities abound, and farmyard experiences to Easter egg hunts and loads more. Well, to fill us in, I'm joined now by Anna Marie Ferns, and she's CEO of Stellenbosch 360. Anne Marie, good evening. Welcome to the show.
3: Hello, Karen. Good evening. It's wonderful uh, being on your show.
1: So I was looking through some of the things there, Anna marie uh, You do know that the holidays are just over a week long. I, d- I don't think people are going to get to be able to do all of that in just a week.
3: Uh, Colin, <laughs> now you know that uh, Stellenbosch is a town of inspiration and innovation. And uh, so many people come to the town really to enjoy it because... It's not just paying a visit to Stellenbosch. Stellenbosch is there to experience. And to experience it, you have to stay, you have to sit, and you have to stay there. And that also is very much applicable to the whole family. And especially this weekend, Karen, there is simply so much to do. You have mentioned the, the Easter egg treasures and Easter egg uh, hunts that will take place almost on every every wine farm wine estate you have fantastic activities that families can participate in and not only on the wine farms but in town as well you know come and enjoy the lovely restaurants the cafe culture that we have sit outside we have the, the beautiful beautiful weather and and just enjoy every moment So, uh, uh, Karen, no, simply a a heaven for uh, wonderful Easter activities. You know, just on Friday evening, you can go on a full moon hike at Delvera. Who would not like to do that? And you can take your children uh, along. You can have wonderful meals at Spear with seafood brace. You can do the eagle encounter there. You can even do... Wine blending there, and the whole family can, uh, can participate. What? If you look at just the markets that we have, Karen, on a Saturday, the slow food market at Oda Libertas, where you can eat your hot crust buns, your pickled fish, uh, also they have Easter egg hunts, organic roasted chickens, etc. And then go to Route 44 at Dacia Market. With jumping castles, they have music they have. And you can just simply enjoy every moment. Middelflai. You go to Middelflai, you have a dry. It's kid-friendly. They have non-alcoholic tastings. They bring in little programs on all the farms to really see it that kids enjoy themselves. So, uh, current, uh, a great place to be in. And as I said... Stellenbosch is the town of inspiration. It's a forever young town. We have professors, we have students, we have young professionals. We are fantastic people that you can connect
4: with.
1: Well as I was saying at the very beginning though there is so much to see and do there that it will take longer than a week for everybody to see everything so as you said it's one of those places I think people can keep going back to because you know there's things like the Giraffe House Wildlife Awareness Centre, there's Butterfly World, there's all those extra things that people can just go out possibly for a weekend and do if they can't make it for the whole of the school holidays
3: oh most definitely and that is exactly the trend what we have in Stellenbosch now is that people simply do not just come and stay for a day or two they now stay for four or five days and what we also find uh, uh, especially with uh, uh, the foreigners coming to Stellenbosch they would stay for a week and make Stellenbosch they stay a put hub and from Stellenbosch they will then visit all the surrounding areas like Front Hook, Pau, etc. So it's very much becoming a place where you can really stay and enjoy.
1: Now, Marie, a number of events happening over this Easter weekend, for example, there's Easter lunch at Lanzarack, there's Easter Sunday lunch at Dornier at he- Hasendal. Yes. There's all those. Now, there's a lot of those sort of things. Are those already all sold out or how do people find out if there's still place available for those things?
3: and currently the best would be that you go to our website travel. it's very easy uh, or you can also physically come to our office it is the tourism office in 36 market street and it's open on friday saturday sunday monday and they will give you all the information but People can also call and, of course, uh, we have very, very many people calling in for information and it's 021-883-3584, 021-883-3584, or just follow the iBoard in Stellenbosch for information and it will lead you to our office. But as I said, wonderful place to be in, and as I always said, Karen is Stellenbosch is not a visit, it's an experience. And I truly believe if you have not been to Stellenbosch yet, if you have not yet experienced what this beautiful little town can offer, you've actually not lived.
1: I just want to ask you about some of the things there that people might not know about, Anne-Marie. Things like the Del Agri-Village, for example. That was the one thing. And the other one was um, Friedenheim. It says you can meet the big cats of Africa there.
3: Uh, that that is true. The big cats, and uh, what I do have is uh, the wild cats. And you know, wild cats are really becoming very extinct in in Africa. And they also have the white lions, the same. So it's it's again a question of experience. And you've been told the entire background of the uh, the cats and uh, what one can actually do in future to see to it that they do not become extinct even more. So for for children, going to fear the nine with the big cats is a major experience. But then also uh, a a butterfly world, where you have all the tropical butterflies, thousands of them, and small animals and reptiles. So, one can go to these places for a whole day with kids and really enjoy each and every little animal because they can feel them, they can touch them, they can hear them. So it's all about the senses. And it's when you actually activate the senses that you think, my glory, I'm really enjoying this. This is great fun. And this is what I want to have.
1: Tell me about Vergenocht. Apparently they have a duck parade at Vergenocht. What's that?
3: Uh, that thing they always have and uh, a very, very wonderful uh, experience uh, um, as well. And uh, every day you can actually go because they they have ducks and they have uh, also uh, quite uh, a wonderful uh, uh, pond and people sit around the pond and, of course, the ducks parade. But the main thing there is being in nature being in nature with the mountains surrounding you and, of course, doing your wine tastings and the kids have their tastings as well because they have their non-alcoholic tastings whilst the parents are sipping their wonderful glasses of wine.
1: I rather like the fact that Warwick Estate, for example, they've got lots of things for the kids, the play parks, the jungle gyms, slides, and they've even got a junior gourmet picnic for the children. I think that's rather fun.
3: It's great fun. That that is absolutely great fun. And I must say that very many of our wine farms do offer uh, fantastic picnics, that you do get your lovely uh, picnic basket and lovely cheeses, your wines, and always something very special uh, for the kids. But it's, you do it at, at, at leisure. It's, it's fun. And the, the children can run around. They enjoy the jumping castles. And, of course, the parents enjoy it.
1: And, I don't know the, the website, we said, was stellenbosch.travel. If people are wanting to find out more about what's going on over these holidays and also if they're looking for accommodation yes. as well, is accommodation on that website as well?
3: Uh, that, that is so and uh, at our office uh, we do have consultants and they will assist with the accommodation uh, requirements and they, they're very good at it and they see too that each and every person is accommodated and they will carry on until the customer is satisfied.
1: Well, it sounds like definitely the place to be. If you haven't planned anything for these holidays, or even if you have, maybe just take a day or two out and go and spend some time in Stellenbosch. Anne-Marie, thank you so much for your time this evening. It sounds like a wonderful destination. I'm sure lots of people are going to come and enjoy it over these holidays, and the weather's going to be fabulous as well. So thank you That's so much really for your sweet. time. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much, uh, Colin. I really appreciate
1: it. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Good night thank to you. Thank
3: you, Colin. Bye-bye. Thanks. Good night
1: anne Marie Ferns is CEO of Stellenbosch 360. For more information on what to do and where to stay in Stellenbosch, you can contact Stellenbosch 360 on 021 888 3584 or visit stellenbosch.travel. Time to travel with Car and Key. Well, the world's foremost authority on all things survival, Bear Grylls, has teamed up with South Africa's Action Adventure Specialists, Group 73, to bring the Bear Grylls Survival Academy to South Africa. And to tell us more, I'm joined now on the line by Paul Gardner, CEO of the Bear Grylls Survival Academy. Paul, good evening. Welcome to the show all the way from London.
4: Good evening, Karen. Great to hear from you again.
1: Uh, What's your weather like? We're sweltering here still. uh, You're in summer now, aren't you? So it must be quite cold.
4: I promise you, it's a damn and <laughs> Considering spring is broken, it's really not pleasant at
1: the moment. You're gonna have to come out here for a bit with the with the academy.
4: Yeah, you bet. I'm going to chug it out there for the launch um, in in early May. So it'll be nice
1: relief. It's fabulous that it's fabulous that Bear Grylls has decided to open one of these academies here in South Africa. I mean, it's incredible. What's what? Yeah, you
4: know, we when when we kicked off, we <clears throat> initially opened and the Highlands of Scotland. So we we looked for the most remote place in Great Britain. We wanted it to uh, sort of be nursed into a great product um, with us being more hands-on. So Bear and myself are both, you know, based in the UK. So, um, so we did that. And then one of our second destinations was um, actually the Victoria Falls. So we've got a course in the Victoria Falls. We wanted something super extreme and the Victoria Falls is so conducive to that. And that's going nicely. And, uh, And then we took it to the States and uh, various other destinations. We're in Australia now, the UAE, so we do survival in the desert. Uh, We're going into China, um, France, Germany. And South Africa is really our next port of call. So um, it's exciting. We're really pleased. And obviously, I'm South African, so I'm thrilled that we're bringing it it home.
1: What is it that makes people want to go and half-kill themselves for 24 hours?
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting. I think you know, in this day and age, we all get uh, stuck behind our computers and our iPads, and uh, the kids get stuck behind uh, all these game consoles and that. And uh, there's definitely a big movement for people to step step back outside and get outdoors. And, and you can see it you can see it in in South Africa with uh, the amount of people that are taking up cycling and adventure racing and all of the, all of the, these new sort of sports. Uh, you know, even the triathlon, which is so big, and I think. It's 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 about people realising that actually you know it's 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 a lot of fun. It's challenging, and uh, it's also I I, I'm a big believer in social media and the fact that 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 it's playing a massive role because people do quite like to brag about their little adventure, Mm. uh, whether it be you know climbing a mountain or just achieving something special outdoors it sort of gives them bragging rights so there is this massive movement and, and I, I, I like to think that we're in the right place at the right time now
1: so this is going to be happening in if, if the South African one
4: yeah we're kicking off there because obviously you know we've got all these great locations around the world so we've got uh, um, a spot um, just outside of New York which is an hour away in the Catskills mountains you'll remember the movie Dirty Dogs. yes oh yes
1: very well very well and uh,
4: but we've got a really nice extreme location there and, you know, it's, it's to capitalize on the, cap, the catchment, which is New York City. So we get mm-hmm. lots of New York families driving up to go and experience that. So Johannesburg is obviously a nice big catchment for us. They've got a big following in South Africa. And so we, we've targeted Johannesburg as a good place to start. And the hope is that we get loads of um, kids and families coming out from Pallisburg, which is, as you know, 45 minutes away.
1: Now, over the course of this 24-hour survival course, what sort of skills are people going to either be taught or have to use, or what, how is it going to actually work?
4: Well, I should probably explain. We do uh, 24-hour courses for families, so generally 8-year-olds, between 8 and even up to 17, and either uh, you know, a parent, so a father or, or a mother, would accompany their child on that course, and we take a maximum of 12. Um, per weekend, so it's really small and an intimate and and very focused and exclusive, and um, and then we do adult only courses, so slightly more extreme, um, eighteen and up, and we you know we we run a as I said a far more extreme course for them, but you know typical sort of activities, um, we we learn about navigation, so we do day and night navigation, we do river crossings, we do a really extreme ad sail. Um, we do a snake bite simulation and we bring in a chopper and, 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 and a chopper comes and rescues one of our instructors. Um, so that's quite epic. Uh, we, we try and do a, a really good zip line or, or Um You know, we do basic things like water filtration, learning to build a sh- shelter. So it's really just thinking out the box and coming up with all these creative ideas that you're not generally expo- exposed to in the city. So we get people having to think for themselves and, and it's all about, you know, going from A to B. You don't just sit around a campfire and learn how to sort of uh, light a fire and, 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 and base yourself and, and, and talk about bushcraft and so on and so forth. So it's a big role, so it's dynamic. So we're moving people, uh, this group of people, from A to B to C to D all the way through, pull a um, rack up the next day. So the course runs for 24 hours. We basically arrive. We do a little introduction lecture. And uh, the first thing we do his father stands opposite his son, and the son, or the daughter, grabs a whole bunch of mud and camouflages his dad. <laughs> it's, so, so it's caked in mud, and, and, and you know that's just a, a nice little icebreaker as your journey begins. And then, of course, with any big rolls experience, it, it's not complete with a, without a gross eat challenge. Well, so I was going to say, you know, I... something.
1: <laughs> I read I read the press release, and it said that you can expect some very exotic snacks. Now, having watched the Bear Grylls show on TV quite a lot, I'm, I, I don't think I could cope with Bear's version of an exotic snack.
4: Yeah, we, we keep it a little bit more simple <laughs> than Bear though, because uh, obviously he goes to some other extremes. Um, he's just done a big reality show in the UK, which I hope will be broadcast in, in um, South Africa shortly, called Mission Survive. And he took a bunch of celebrities out to um, the jungles of Costa Rica. And one of the challenges was, and he did it in one of his episodes, where he drank his own urine <sighs> to rehydrate himself. So okay. He got all of them, including Mike Tyndall. You know, he's yes. the granddaughter of the creep. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, the rugby player, yeah. Uh, he got, got all of them to drink their own, <laughs> own urine, which is quite interesting. So, a yeah.
1: it. <laughs> I think but I'd actually
4: go to that exchange, so don't worry, listeners.
1: I'd rather dehydrate, to be perfectly honest, or starve to death yeah. and eat what he eats when he's on <laughs> on, on television. Yeah, I seriously, excuse. I would not. I would rather starve to death than eat what he eats on there. But uh, <laughs> as you said, it, it's it's something for the entire family um, to do, which is fantastic. And um, it's, as you said, it's launching on the second of May. How do people find out more about this now, Paul? I best
4: way log on to BearGrowthSurvivalAcademy and they'll be able to read up all about it. You'll see where, where, where LCR are located around the world, but then just sort of filter your way down to South Africa, and you'll be able to read up all about it. We'll give you a few ideas of what you can expect, um, the location. And as you've rightly mentioned, we've partnered with a company called Group 73. Um, they're all uh, ex-military guys. They run a really tight little operation, very organized, as you can imagine and uh, they're a good unit. Um, we've, we've certainly discovered the right partners out there.
1: The thing about some of those things you were talking about that you are going to learn while you're out there for 24 hours, they're not. They're, they're, they're things that you can actually carry with you through life because they are basic skills that possibly these days most of us don't know.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. You know, and one of the big things for me, and I saw it when we launched uh, our family courses in the UK for the first time, is You take a little kid out of the city of London and a father who probably doesn't get to see much of his kid, you know, all glued to their uh, businesses. And, uh, you know, there's zero uh, communication between the father and the son when they arrive. And uh, believe me, in 24 hours' time, you want to see that transformation. It's quite unbelievable, the bonding. Because one of the things we do in the UK is they've got to cross over a lake. So, you know, pretty much head to toe. And that lake, the time of our launch, was probably one degree Celsius. And this little kid, I mean, completely shivering away after his experience. But they did it, and they were so chuffed. And this father, you know, keeping his son warm and just chatting about the experience. And it was really life-changing for both of them. So the bonding between parent and child is just phenomenal. And I really would urge your listeners to just give it a go. You know, you've got to step out of your comfort zone. It's not as extreme as, you know, the big uh, man himself, but it's a, it's a taster. And you'll come away with some incredible skills too for life. And we, we're finding that now too. One of our biggest markets in uh, the UK is um, corporate team building. And uh, it's taken off now in the States, you know, and we take big firms out, you know, a bunch of CEOs and a bunch of junior staff and we teach them the skills. Um, and uh, much about what I've chatted about here but it's all team building and it's all good rah, 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 and uh, they come back and, it's, and we, we're changing lives in the corporate world too you know, it's all about getting getting ourselves out of this recession which you know it's pretty much over here in the UK but all these corporates are now you know pulling their teams together and they're using big rules to do that and it's, it's exciting because this is a fresh um, new sort of team building course that we, we're offering over here it's uh, it's um, there's a lot of products out there that are pretty stale now so the next bec- best thing well let's go and do a big world experience. So we want to bring that to South
1: Africa too. Okay, so we're going to have team building here but I just wanted to ask you about the children. Is it one child per adult or if say there are two children can one adult go with two children or do they have to be one adult per child?
4: It's generally one one per child but what we do do is we make an exception so um, on every course we tend to take uh, one adult with two kids. If we try and cap it at that, so it's generally one to one. But we make a couple of exceptions. Um, but but we've just got to you know, obviously manage the ratio because it's generally two instructors to to those twelve people. Okay, so we're, we're quite we're, we're quite keen to keep it that way. But we do make exceptions.
1: So the groups are very small. You said twelve maximum. That's the parents. So There'd yeah. be six parents, for example, one child per parent. Six parents, six children, yeah. and twelve instructors.
4: Exactly. Wow. Uh, two
1: instructors. Oh, two instructors. It's a ratio of six to one. Oh, six to one. Okay, right. So we and we and, oh, we, yeah. and people are thinking of this sounds a little bit extreme. You said that the ones for the family for the children is not as bad as the well, I wouldn't say bad, but not as extreme as the ones for the adults. So it's doable it is, for youngsters. Yeah. It's it's fun and it's doable. And as you said, it's an amazing bonding situation with parents and children. I think it's it's wonderful because I, I, maybe I'm getting too old now or something, but I really wish kids would go and play outside a little bit more instead of being glued to everything electronic in the house. And this is fantastic. Oh,
4: it's a, it's a, no, it's a sad set of affairs. We're seeing it more. I mean, you can imagine what London's like. Mm. It's uh, 10 times worse. I mean, we we see it all the time here. It's just it's, it's not uh, – um, it just, just doesn't happen here. So – we're we on a big drive
1: to do that. We're we getting too old here, Paul. <laughs> I feel <laughs> ancient. Getting too old. I think we've got to get you out to the Michalisburg. No, we've got to get you out there soon. No, I feel ancient when I start saying the children must go and play outside. You know, stop sitting inside playing on electronic <laughs> things. I start thinking, gosh, I sound like my grandmother now, you know. But it's just, you know, <laughs> no, no, go and no, play no. outside. Go and do something right, out there because yeah. you're going to, you know, you can't sit in the house all the time. And this will appeal to kids because it's adventurous. It's exciting. it's It's different. You know, and, yeah, it's, and no, it's,
4: I think it's, uh, as you say, uh, you, once you've stepped, and, and it's to the fathers and mothers too, mm. once you've stepped out of the zone and you're actually in it, 24 hours later, and you're driving home, big smile on your face, and you think, actually, great, I've conquered that. And, um, you know, just going right back to the beginning of our conversation, I think we're in the right place to be doing this at this stage. People want to get out and do mm. these things, and, you know, whether it be mountain biking or climbing a mountain or going on an adventure run or whatever. It's all about stepping out of your comfort zone, enjoying nature and just getting back to your roots,
1: I think. One last question, Paul, I have to ask you. If you complete the course, do you get a certificate or something that you can brag with?
4: Yeah, we give you a certificate. Oh, great. We um, give you a little badge that you can stitch onto your jacket or whatever. Mm. Yeah, There is a little gift at the end
1: as a reminder. So I survived Bear grills. you know. It would be fantastic bragging rights for something to do. Paul, I'm so pleased you guys are coming to South Africa. Wonderful. So we can look forward to that. And I'll give out the websites again and people can go have a look and possibly book if they need to, if they'd like to go and do that. But thank you so much for your time and uh, look forward to having you back in South Africa for a bit.
4: Oh, uh, you're a star. Karen, thank you. Thank you, for all your, thank you to all your listeners, too. And really, uh, step out of your comfort zone. Come and join us.
1: Sounds like a really adventurous 24 hours. Paul, thank you so much for your time. Great to chat with you.
4: Yeah, you too, Karen. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye now. Paul Gardner is CEO of the Bear Grylls Survival Academy. And as you he- heard, they're coming to South Africa. They're launching here on the 2nd of May this year. And if you'd like to be a part of this truly unique and challenging experience, or for further information, you can. T- there's two websites. The one is www.group73.co forward slash BGSA for Bear Grylls South Africa, BGSA. Or you can call them on 84 or you can have a look at BearGrillsSurvivalAcademy.com Time to travel with Karin Key. Anel Portgate is back with us. The last time she was here, she was telling us about her trip to Dubai to the food festival there. But before she went to Dubai, she also popped along. She had, she had a very busy year this year so far. And it's only, gosh, March. Um, Zanzibar. <laughs> you went to Zanzibar. No, good evening. Welcome back to the show.
5: Hello, Karen. It's so wonderful to be back here. What yes. were you
1: doing in Zanzibar? Yeah. Um, Other than eating, I'm assuming.
5: <laughs> yes, I'm always eating a lot. Hey? Oh, the, the Diamonds La Gemma del Est Hotel in Zanzibar invited me to go and cook with their chef, Prabhakar Kumar. So I went along. Um, and Zanzibar is such a wonderful place, Karen, because you climb on here at seven o'clock in the morning and by one o'clock you can sit with a cocktail on the island wow you know what i was saying That's it's, quick. that is one of those things so the flight is is is, is, is about four hours or, or three and a half four hours and then you're there and you don't have any um jet lag. it's just like an an hour this way or that way so so you get there and yeah by one o'clock you lying on the beach well that is how fantastic oh, it is Zanzibar. Okay. it's just amazing so the, this hotel is on the north coast of zanzibar and it's a lovely i think family place where you can take your family to because um it's huge um loads of um uh, the accommodations fantastic and then all these restaurants i've got uh, four restaurants on this place you can have your pizzas, you can have this but all oh, the beaches are you know Zanzibar's beaches are just
1: How long splendors. were you there for?
5: I was there for a week.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
5: Splendor. Um For one day, I think I spent five hours in the water. Okay. Put my cosy <laughs> on. I thought, I don't know anybody. Close my eyes. and I'm <laughs> going to go into this water and I'm going to stay there. Come out and stay there. And it was absolutely amazing. The water's not like cold, cold, and it's not like hot, hot. You know, just, just right, it's just like perfect, yeah. So, I cooked there, but I first want to just talk a bit about Zanzibar. Um, it only got its independence in 1964. You know, for me, that's interesting, it's very recent, it's, it's very recent. so it's quite a young nation, and that part of Tanzania, so Zanzibar is part of Tanzania, and um, there's Two presidents. The one president is resident in Zanzibar, and the one president is resident in Tanzania. Okay. And they've got two flags as well the Zanzibar flag and Tanzania flags. And there's everywhere there's two poles with the one flag and the other flag. Similar colors. The flag is just a little bit different but there's always two flags and i didn't know that i found it very interesting the people are are, we all know that people are quite poor but they're peaceful you know um i think the people and the crime rate is very low there you know so it's a very peaceful nation nation and then for sure their biggest food wise is um, they eat fish and they eat rice with every single meal and Cory, you know a fridge for the local people is a foreign word they don't know fridges because in the rural areas there aren't electricity so they don't have fridges or stoves or anything like that isn't they get their food fresh every single day what a joy you know so always fresh fish from the beach and always rice with a meal every day so it is just amazing. I went to a small little fish market there and um, I saw the most beautiful blue crabs. It is just amazing and it's so beautiful. The fisher boats there's no harbour. The boats are just standing on the sand. Oh,
1: just like on the beach?
5: Just on the beach. they just Go out on the beach, and then there's little slab and it with a cover, and they put all the fish out there and they sell it to the locals. There's no okay. foreigners in those areas, so I would suggest people if they go to Zanzibar to not do just the beaches, go to a little village and walk around mm. and see these things because it is uh, amazing. I saw these um, octopus. There was like ten octopuses in. They, they weaved a basket with the palm trees with the dried leaves and that is the way they carry the the octopus and it was absolutely stunning and then another thing is 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 you know it's a spice Spice Island. I found out why vanilla is like so expensive. Do you know Yes, why? no,
1: please tell me. Because every time I look at it in the shop, I just about have a heart attack. Then th- saffron. I look at the two of them and think, no, I'm not having those.
5: Um, v- vanilla is, is I, don't, I don't know why saffron is so expensive. I must be honest, I don't know why. But vanilla, they told us, is because it gets uh, pollinated by hand. You're
1: joking. I didn't yeah. know that.
5: I heard it. The, the, and I don't know if this is true. So I just spoke to people. So this is all on here. sir. So I didn't go and research this afterwards. But they say the bee are extinct that actually pollinates vanilla. So they actually do it by hand. I, I asked them, how do they do it by hand? And I just said like this. I just showed it like, you know, with the two hands pollinating this thing. So it was fascinating. Sure. Yeah. And then another interesting thing is the cinnamon tree. We all know cinnamon bark, um, that sweet, beautiful thing that we use mm. in all the sweet stuff. But did you know that the, the roots, they use for vicks? They make Vicks. The stuff we use with me when we're yeah, sick. Yeah, that stuff, Good yes. It, it, I didn't know that. It, it, they gave me root, and I tasted it It's like menthol, menthol, menthol. So it's, I didn't know that either, so I found that out there. And then as well, the other thing is, how do you make white pepper? I didn't know that. But they that, all these beautiful pepper, fresh peppers, green, red, and black. And there's just the aging of it, the colors. And they told us that white pepper, you take the green pepper, you put it overnight in water and you just take the skin off the next day of the green pepper and you dry it and then you get white pepper because it's not like just a drying process. You have to take the skin out. So all these interesting facts. And then the other thing is that was fun for me was the Coca-Cola of Zanzibar is coconut water. They call it coconut, um, the Coca-Cola of Zanzibar. And they love drinking that all over the place. They made one for us, and um, yeah, you know, all these guys' coconut water is Coca Cola.
1: Corin- I have to ask you because I saw a picture on your blog which fascinated me no end. Yeah, it was this thing called the lipstick plant. Yeah, I've never seen that before, and they just call it lipstick plant.
5: It's like it, it looks like a a, a lychee with lots of hairs on, if I can uh, okay, explain that's it. Sort of brown furry sort of yeah, looking yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. A brown furry thing. And then when you open it up, it's got all these little seeds in it, and these seeds are covered in this red powder and they actually make lipstick of it.
1: So they do make lipstick from the lipstick plant. Yeah, okay. they
5: actually do make lipstick, and that's what they call it. And they actually put it on our lips and stained your lips. It is fascinating, but it's beautiful, isn't it? It is just this... I,
1: I, I was blown away. I'd never seen this before, and I'd never, I would never, didn't know that.
5: Yeah, yeah. And then another one is, is the nutmeg. That's so beautiful. We only know the inside of the nutmeg.
1: That's the nutmeg.
5: Yes, that's the nutmeg. I saw that,
1: and that, it's the most peculiar-looking thing. It looks almost like a coconut, the way it looks in the picture. Yeah. It looks like you've cut a coconut in half. And then it I don't know, it looks like a chocolate with red icing on it or something exactly. in the middle.
5: Yes. And and, and then you take that red section off and then you've got the nut inside. inside the nutmeg nut yeah. inside. And that is what you normally grate over hmm. your food or get it refined. It is um it is, it is just so beautiful. It is just nature. It didn't do anything to it. And look at the turmeric as well. Look how beautiful it is. We hmm. do get turmeric in South Africa as well, the roots. But I just think it is just that yellow is just popping out. It is are yeah, stunning and everything is fresh
1: and then you can actually uh, this is all available to to buy there and No, they think.
5: buy you can buy it all dry most of the stuff dry um they at, when you go for on these spice root little tours you can they've got a little a local village there normally with a little shop where you can buy what i like what with these spice root tours they really encourage locals to get involved so this is not like a government-run operation these are like little local people that's planted spices say in around there their houses, and then they will take you around their houses and tell you about the spices. So they're making a bit of money out of that.
1: You went with someone called Zantours.
5: Yes, yes. and They're very, very knowledgeable, these guys. You can just sit and listen to them the whole day. They're brilliant, Zantours. And this is also a coffee pod, Corin. Uh, this is where the co- where the coffee beans comes out, and that for me is just also another beautiful thing. I've never seen a coffee pod before. No, for, I haven't seen it before. It's like before. a big, looked like a big bean, mm. and with all these beautiful coffee um, beans inside and yeah they export this um, they also export the one of the biggest exports is cloves oh, cloves
1: okay.
5: yeah cloves they export that and then um, yeah and spices are the biggest export in money making and tourism there
1: now you mentioned that you went there you were invited to go and cook mm. with chef Prabaka Kumar and mm. we haven't heard what you did with him yet we've heard about the rest of the island oh. tell me what happened when you cooked with him
5: Oh, <laughs> that man has got such a palate and he's amazing we made a fresh fish and pilaf rice and what w- the the way he made this fish was fascinating it was just a small little whole fish and he poached it with fresh um uh, uh, sorry with spices whole spices cardamom so you just throw a cardamom you throw cinnamon you throw pepper in water and you poach your whole fish in it and then he made a pilaf rice uh, uh, when i went on my spice tour a lady in the forest made some r- pilaf rice for for us and i wanted him to show me that and gave me his recipe you can find that recipes of his stuff on my blog which is, life is a zoo yeah, dot com. com. yeah you can get that on the blog and car and then another thing and i tried it here was was octopus they made this most beautiful octopus on the fire um for us as well they don't have ovens and stuff so they did this octopus and um when i got home i went and bought two and it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my Why? life. <laughs> oh, what a nightmare. Nice cleaning it. it. It's not just the cleaning it. Uh, the interesting thing, you know what I found in my octopus, I found a whole fish inside it. Like a kidding? whole little small fish <laughs> inside. You could have perched that. <laughs> Yeah, I could vote it, but it's difficult to, to get right, um, I must say. So, I think I'll go back to, to La Gema del Est Did you next do it on time. the
1: fire here at home, or what did you do with it?
5: No, I boiled it for about and a half an hour to 45 minutes, and then I did it the way they did it, um, in Zanzibar is they just put a bit of, bit of oil in the pan and lots of spices that they fried very fast. Oh, okay, but it spatters and it splurts mm. and in your eyes and all over the place. I know,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll just go and eat it in a restaurant, thank you.
5: Yeah, so... It's a <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, Zanzibar is a, a fascinating place and if, if we look at vegetables, it is okra is a big thing, mm. you know. I love okra. I love that slimy thing and a mm, lot of people don't, like don't yeah, don't people like it. But, um, yeah, and then Chef and I, what else did we make? We make pita fries, we made this, oh, this lovely little salad. I can't remember the name now, but Karen, it is so simple but it's the way you cut it. The chef, showed me how to finely cut cucumber, finely cut tomato I'm talking about fine, fine, fine so it's cucumber, tomato and onion, that's it, the basics oh yeah, and carrots, julienne, just fine and the only thing he added was quite an amount of salt, seasoning and lime, fresh lime that's it, that's it okay, you always eat that with your fish there, and that's what they eat there
1: and you also did lobster, you did some stuff with lobster as well He did a lobster Mm. bisque for us. I didn't cook it myself, but he he
5: cooked corn. <gasps> oh, I nearly went, died, and went to heaven when I tasted this lobster bisque. It was this beautiful, I, I don't know how he did it, but it popped into my mouth like crazy and with like a lobster salad. Um, I've never tasted flavors like that in my life. It could have been in a Michelin star restaurant. It was just amazing. But I think it's because I get this fresh produce. Every it makes day. a big
1: difference. It <laughs> makes
5: a big difference. It comes straight from the sea, no fridges, straight into the pot. How, you can't get better than that,
1: you know. So, I'm assuming somebody somewhere like Zanzibar. You mentioned the water and the beaches. What water sports are from the hotel? I mean, can you do lots yes, of that? Yes, yes. Do, do you do anything? No, I didn't do anything. Okay.
5: I'm just a little bit shy. Oh right. okay. You know, when you go to uh, uh, for romantic islands, all uh, couples. Uh, oh, right, and, okay. <laughs>
1: so
5: I um yeah, but there are water sports. There's skiing. There's canoeing. There's all of that stuff that you can do, and then they take you on these snorkeling. Outings. I did it before, and that is just if you want to snorkel at Zanzibar, it's a place you see the most beautiful fish underneath, and the the, the water is clear, 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 100% clear. Um, if you, if you sit from uh, in, in the plane and you look down it is just beautiful it's like what you see in movies you know yeah so there's lots to do at the island and they've got all these they've got volleyball on the beaches and they keep you busy I keep myself busy
1: with gin and tonics for quite a while okay but you said this is a family destination it Absolutely. is somewhere for the kids you yeah take, lots yeah. to do
5: for the kids um, lots to do for adults as well there's themed evenings there's themed food evenings but I think a lot of people that are, um, you go to the beach and you actually book your little chair for the day so nobody takes your chair okay. under your little um, shade umbrella, not umbrella, like little wooden shacky thing and um, you spend the whole day on the beach and just keep yourself busy with water and sports and food from all the places there and lots of gin and tonics and then they've got the swimming pool as well you know and inside the swimming pool is a jacuzzi inside the swimming (laughs) pool Karen can you get better than that I'm surprised you came home yeah and the bar for sure it's also you know what I'm saying when I get my gin and tonics you just swim there and get your gin and tonic
1: I'm surprised you came home (laughs) glad you did though
5: my husband's also surprised yes well you took him on your
1: next trip when you went off to shanghai so we'll yeah. talk about that next time but he's he did get taken along
5: yeah the, the, the yeah, yeah he got he was fortunate he, to come very with. fortunate <laughs> very
1: we'll talk about him and your trip to shanghai next time Anel, once again, thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show and having awesome. a wonderful time. And uh, yeah, we're all very envious. As I said, you want to see the photographs, amazing pictures, and a bit of the story of what she did in Zanzibar. Take a look at Anel's blog. It's lifeisazoobiscuit.com, And you'll find the most amazing photographs and the stories. It's all there. Anel, thank you very much. We'll see thank you again you. soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. I was chatting there with Anel Portgetta, and she's a local Cape Townian. she's a food blogger. Her blog is, as I mentioned, lifeisazoobiscuit.com. Take a look at all the places she goes, things she does, people she meets, and the food she eats. So take a look at that, and we'll be back with her again soon. And that's it for Time to Travel for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me this evening. And if you've missed any information, you can find it on Facebook, Travel on SAFM, or email me on travel at safm.co.za. And I'll be back with you on Monday evening with the Law Report when I'll be joined by attorney Michael Bagram. It's time now for Nighttime Music with Stephen Kirker. Hello, Stephen. Off to Zanzibar, are we?